Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle, and I'm Lorenzo Marasso. Today's program is dedicated to Finnish composer Eino Giovanni Rautavara. Rautavara, who was born in 1928 and died in 2016, was among the most notable Finnish composers since Jean Sibelius. Rautavara wrote a great number of works spanning various styles. These works include eight symphonies, nine operas and twelve concertos for various instruments, as well as numerous vocal and chamber works. Rautavara wrote in a variety of forms and styles. His oeuvre can be broadly divided into four periods, an early neoclassical period of the 1950s exhibiting close ties to tradition, an avant-garde and constructivist stage of the 1960s when he experimented with serial techniques which he later abandoned, then a neo-romantic period of the late 1960s and the 70s, and finally an eclectic postmodern compositional style in which he blended a wide spectrum of stylistic techniques and genres. A recurring label given to his opera is mysticism for its fascination with metaphysical and religious subjects and texts, and several of his works have titles which allude to angels. Another recurring theme in Rautavara's music is the natural element of the landscape, and in particular, he talks about the act of gardening. In the performance notes of his 1999 piece titled Autumn Gardens, Rautavara says, I have often compared composing to gardening. In both processes, one observes and controls organic growth rather than constructing or assembling existing components and elements. I would also like to think that my compositions are rather like English gardens, freely growing and organic, as opposed to those that are pruned to geometric precision and severity. One artist very fond of Rautavara's music is Russian pianist and conductor Vladimir Ashkenazi, who commissioned him several works. In the interview that we're going to listen to, which was recorded in late 1999, we hear the composer Eino Giovanni Rautavara speak with Vladimir Askenazi about his music and composing. I'm talking to Eino Giovanni Rautavara, the leading composer of music today, who is Finnish, who lives in Helsinki, and I am Vladimir Askenazi, who happened to be fortunate enough to have played and recorded um, 
Mistrauta Vara's third piano concerto and Autumn Gardens, a piece for symphony orchestra. We discuss many things in life. We discuss music of many composers, um, and I often wanted to ask Mr. Rautavara how he uh, composes his music. Of course, it's not easy to answer, but when I listened to some of Mr. Rautavara's music and became very fond of it, I decided to commission this third piano concerto so that I could play it from the keyboard without a conductor. And um, then I wondered whether maybe I put an unnecessary burden on Mr. Rautavara if he thought that he has to think of that, that I have to play and conduct from the keyboard. And I wanted to ask whether it was a problem for him, whether he had to make compromises or not. I would answer that I like difficulties. And in fact, I think that uh, only difficult solutions are, are worthwhile in art. There must be problems. And uh, in this case, really I understood from the very beginning that, that uh, the concerto ought to be possible to play and conduct simultaneously. And of course this presents uh, certain special requirements, especially very frequent changes of time would be awkward or impossible to beat for the orchestra while playing the solo. So I had to think about that. But that only made it the work very interesting. And I always like solutions where I must uh, solve some problem in the music. And when you ask me how do I compose, then uh, uh, the music itself, I think it grows organically from the material I choose, or which actually chooses itself in the very beginning. And in this case, piano, it had to be the piano, pianism. I had written two piano concerti earlier. And then uh, what I had heard, Vladimir uh, Ashkenazi, how he played and how he conducted. He conducted my, my work in Berlin just a year before I started the work. And, and that made a great impression on me. So uh, these were the facts to start with. The, artist, the musician, the, the pianist, and the instrument and everything, all its tradition and, and the immense possibilities that are in, in the piano, together with the orchestra. Um, Mr. Altavara, uh, I listened to your first two piano concertos, of course. It seems to me that this third piano concerto is on another level altogether. And tell me if I'm wrong, because I feel that it's, it creates maybe more spiritual atmosphere now. Maybe it's more economical and at the same time more focused on what you want to say. Do you think I'm right or do you think I'm mistaken? What is your feeling about it? You're quite it? right, of course, uh, especially first piano concerto, which was written in 1970, uh, sounds quite different 
I've said that if a composer's style is the same, if he, he, if he writes the same kind of music when he is 70 as what he did when he was 20, then, then he's simply infantile. He didn't grow, nothing happened to him. And this uh, first piano concerto was written, composed right after I had decided that that the, the modernism of that time, of 60s and 70s, that is the surrealism in music, which I had uh, experimented with uh, in several works, was not, after all not a road for me to follow. I didn't find any, any possibilities to go on on that road. And the first piano concerto was the first work I I wrote after that decision, and it went to show something else. I felt very free suddenly, and uh, I think it's a very useful concerto. Compared with that, this concerto is, of course, entirely different. Uh, so much later written, and, uh, well, I think I learned something in between. <laughs> Only you know. <laughs> but um, I must say that I enjoyed playing this piece very much. You know what I especially enjoyed, I think? The arch in each of the movements. In each three movements there was a total coherence of material that, that you sort of felt that um, from the very beginning of the piece you could see the end of it. And when you finished the uh, each movement, you thought of the beginning of it, which for me has a great value. It means that there is an inner logic in in the piece, and I felt that in all the three movements, mm. a little bit nostalgic somewhere, uh, very atmospheric, and uh, very, like in German, say innig, very much um, introvert rather than extrovert. Of course, there are some places in the piece that are extrovert, only to underline the inner world of the piece. That's very good. I'm very happy to hear that. And uh, when I still was teaching at the Sibelius Academy, teaching composition, uh, ten years ago I still was there, then I used often to say to my students, please don't force your music. Try to listen to it and to find out what it wants. Because a work of art has its own will. That's on, not only me who says that, that but for instance, Thomas Mann has said exactly the same thing. A work of art has an own will. It wants to become. And, uh, and it uses its, its creator as a tool and instrument, says Thomas Mann. So consequently, uh, composing ought to be an organic process where the music sort of grows by itself, grows uh, according to its own laws and genetics. If I were a composer or a writer or a poet, I would uh, adopt the same attitude. Mm -hmm. I would listen to my inner world and see that the work of art has to emerge somehow and not, I couldn't compose it, it has to be composed. Yeah. I couldn't compose it, which is quite a difference. Quite a difference in the very beginning, with my very first pieces, I always 
when it was completed, and I thought this this may be a little piece for piano or song or something. I thought this, this is quite good. It's complete. It's exactly as it ought to be. Mm. Nothing to take away. Nothing to add. Then I had the notion that I am not able to do to make anything like that. It must have been somewhere always. I've always been an instrument to take it down from somewhere, maybe a platonic uh, uh, word of ideas or, or something like that. It must have been somewhere. And I've not, not invented it, but found it. Wasn't it Picasso who said once, an admirer in his uh, atelier said, Master, how is it possible that you invent all those things? And Picasso said, je n'invente pas, je trouve. I find, <laughs> I course. don't invent, I find. I find, of course. <laughs> That's wonderful. There's some truth in that. Mm, absolutely. At least that attitude is very good. And the orchestral piece on this record, Autumn Gardens, um, it was a little easier for me to enjoy that because I didn't have to play and conduct, I only had to conduct. So <laughs> one less activity. <laughs> well, you wanted it yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. I, yes, I liked it so much. I enjoyed conducting it so much. Uh, would you like to say a little bit how you composed this piece, Autumn Gardens? Maybe I could start uh, with explaining the title of the work, which is a quotation from the libretto of my opera, The House of the Sun. There is a, a line in that libretto, by myself, uh, which goes, uh, like a butterfly in a dark autumn garden. And that, the motive, the musical motive to which these words are sung, is the theme for the variations in the first movement. Now my ideas, the motives, uh, they behave quite often this way. They don't want to be left, they want to reappear in a new new context and, and maybe mostly to grow and develop into something else. The same was with the piano concerto, and that's the reason why I call it the gift of the dreams, because there, the motive, which goes in all the three movements, appears for the first time in a song I wrote to, to Baudelaire, poem Le Don de Rêve. That motive was very obstinate and, and kept repeating in my mind. I wanted to grow and reappear in this concerto. That motive. And the same thing with the autumn gardens. Then again, there was a motive to the words like a butterfly in a dark autumn garden. And they are the theme for variations in the first movement. And the texture grows and, and, and develops and, and gets denser. And uh, all the time I had... <laughs> autumn in my mind really because of those uh, words from the libretto but, but also because I'm born in October myself I always loved autumn very much and it has a very strong significance for me and it's color with its colors and the feeling of approaching death is very strong and in spite of all those splendid colors you feel that the end is not too far. And this creates a wonderful atmosphere 
which I try to follow in this writing this music. I think that's why it is there is atmosphere. This is Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle and I'm your host Lorenzo Barrasso. Today's program is dedicated to Finnish composer Eino Juani Rautavara. And you have just listened to an interview between the composer Eino Juani Rautavara with pianist and conductor Vladimir Ashkenazi. One of the works that Vladimir Ashkenazi commissioned to Rautavaras is his third piano concerto titled Gift of Dreams, of which we are now going to listen to the second movement, his Adagio.
This is Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle and I'm your host Lorenzo Morasso. Today's program is dedicated to Finnish composer Eino Giovanni Rautavara. And you have just listened to the second movement of Rautavara's third piano concerto performed and conducted by Vladimir Ashkenazi. Rautavara's best-known work is titled Cantus Articus and was written in 1972. This piece is subtitled Concerto for Birds and Orchestra. The piece incorporates tape recordings of bird song recorded near the Arctic Circle. The work is in three movements and was commissioned by the University of Ulu in Finland and was premiered on the 18th of October in 1972.
This is Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle and I'm your host, Lorenzo Barrasso. Today's program is dedicated to Finnish composer Eino Giovanni Rautavara. And you have just listened to Cantus Articus by Eino Giovanni Rautavara, performed by the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Liv Segstam. I hope you have enjoyed learning about Finnish composer Eino Giovanni Rautavara and listening to some of his works. For now, I leave you with one more piece, uh, which is the third movement uh, titled Giocoso e Leggero from his piece Autumn Gardens, uh, performed here on KBFG Seattle by the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Vladimir Ashkenazi. And I look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of Dress Rehearsal here on KBFG Seattle.